Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I'm not unwrapping nothing. I'm just uh, <laughs> putting some comics away while I wait. Ah, okay. Alrighty. Corner to corner is live. Five, four, three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of everybody's favorite wrestling podcast, especially in the great country of Ireland. That's Corner to Corner C2C Radio Show. I'm Stan Grubb and my tag team partners, Rob Hefner. What is happening, everyone? Um, it's weirdly warm in this area, and it shouldn't be because it's November. What the hell? I don't mind it, though. You remember a couple years ago where you could wear shorts on I do, I do. Great state of Virginia. If you don't like the weather now, just wait 15 minutes. It shall change. And, of course, the doctor is in. He should have some interesting advice for uh, for one Zaraya. Excuse me. Can never figure out which way to pronounce it. That's the doctor of desire himself, Brian Taylor. What's up, man? What's, what's, what's good? What do you know? What's good? How's it going? How is your favorite wrestler doing? Have you given her advice? I, I know that you had a meeting. No, no, that's that's the other doctor. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Although that would be funny, but <laughs> yeah, that's the other doctor. <laughs> so, guys, uh, you know, I couldn't possibly think of every single thing that happened over the past week. I was just sitting here talking to Brian before we uh, got started, but I figured, uh, hey, how about we take a look at uh, a couple of things. We'll take a look at Crown Jewel here and there, uh, just some some highlights. We'll take a look at Rampage and Dynamite, kind of like we usually do every week. And we'll start with uh, an interesting hire, an interesting... Uh, Pickup by AEW, and that's uh, Doe Double J. That's J E Double F, J A Double R, E Double T. Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and uh, to to his credit, apparently 13-time World Heavyweight Champion. God. Well, when you own the company, you can make yourself champion anytime you want. (laughs) Right. Right. He was trying to compete with uh, Lawler, I think. Lawler. How, how about the uh, hiring of Jeff Jarrett and the appearance of him on TBS smashing the guitar over Darby Allen's head at the end of uh, Darby and Jay Lethal? 
Um, very, very, very similar to how he re-debuted in 1999 and smashing the guitar over Buff Bagwell's head. As a matter of fact, if you watch the two segments side by side, it's almost almost identical, which uh, AEW does have a habit of kind of mimicking some of those things sometimes. I think there's probably more of that that goes on in other places also. Yeah. I mean, Although, well, go ahead, Rob. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Nah. You are not done. I'll wait. Go. Go for it. I just, I don't care about Jeff Jarrett, so I don't see the point in bringing him back. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like he had his 15 minutes, and he's just trying to capitalize on the. I was fired from WWE, so I'm going to come down here to the competition angle, which he always does. Um, so, yeah, that's my feeling. I mean, he says he's going to fill with body bags, you know, full body bags, and he's not done. He's going to start, like, I mean, like, what beef can you have with a company you just came to? Like, I don't know. And who's he going to feud with? You put him in there with any other AEW star, and they're going to mop the floor with his old ass. If it's not with Don West and Mike Tanay, if it's not a feud with with the broadcasters, then I don't want it. Well, he even said the broadcasters weren't safe. Yeah, he actually did. It was it was, it was kind of weird because he comes out and, like I said, smashes that guitar over Darby's head, which was like, damn. Okay, well, we're paying attention now. Darby bleeding from the back of his noggin because you see him lean in for that shot. And when he realizes, oh, shit, just over-anticipated, starts to back away. And that's when the guitar swing happens. And oops. I mean, he brought that damn thing from South Alabama. (laughs) He he was swinging for the fences on that one. I mean, he's he's like, I ain't got to break a guitar over someone's head in about 10 years. And Tony Khan paid for this thing, so you're going to get it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if that's how he is on the indies, you know what I mean? Like, um, ask here's Effie. one price. <laughs> here's one price, and here's another price if you want me to smash a guitar. You must provide guitar. You know, like... <laughs> Game Changer Wrestling had a, uh, a, a highlighted match between Jeff Jarrett and Effie one of uh, GCW's most popular performers. And uh, he smashed a, a guitar on old Effie's head. Pretty pretty similar results. Uh, I would say that this is a, a unique situation because Jarrett may actually be in shape to the point where he could perform kind of like Christian on a limited basis in the ring. Um, I'm not exactly over the moon about that, but I mean, Brian, Rob pointed out the full body bags. What the hell do you think he could be doing? I don't know. Um, I, I I think they screwed up. And they should have had him dressed as Sting. Yeah, like what the hell, Cole Carter? Yeah. Who the hell's Cole Carter? Uh, <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, what I thought. Yeah, because when he unmasked, I was like, and if you notice, the crowd got quiet. Mm-hmm. 
It was kind of like, uh, who is that? Yeah. And then I think he would, if, if he had been Sting, I think it would have come out, come off a whole lot better. It's Sting! And Tony did do that, by the way, before Cole Carter gets exposed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it took him too long to get in the ring. But to me, like the hoodie and stuff, like when he got in the ring, by that point, you knew it was a plastic mask. Yeah, they did not use that out very well. Like, I feel like if the hood would have been bigger to hide the face more, Mm -hmm. and you just saw a hint of the white face paint, you're kind of like, ooh, you know? Right. But then it's kind of like, I thought about it. It's kind of like, you know, after the first few people in the NWO got, you know, where we're turning every week to like, oh, who's the next one? Oh, who's the next one? You know? And then it gets to the point where you're like, oh, who the fuck's that? Who cares? You know, like, who's turning this week? And it's like, hey, look, it's Cisco Inferno. Is it NWO? Like, nobody cares. Oof. It was Oof. Just like, oh, look, who is that guy? And why should I care? You just uttered the words of Disco Inferno. So did I just compare Cole Carter to Disco Inferno? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Eesh. Um, I mean, that may be uh, outkicking the coverage for both both of those guys. But, I mean, that's just me. I mean, it is what it is. Do you guys think Jeff Jarrett is still game enough to uh... – to take on take on an active role and actually provide something. I mean, how much do you how much do you think he needs to take on? I don't would know. Be my question. I don't know. I mean, supposedly his role backstage, his executive role, is to help with growth of business, business growth. So to the people that are saying, "Hey, Tony Tony Khan's not trying to grow the business," well, now he's made an overt. Uh, move to grow his business as he is bringing in somebody to handle that for him, which I mean, on one hand, you got to say that's pretty smart. And if there's a guy that understands how to move around and make his business change, it it is Jeff Jarrett. Now, I don't I don't like his in-ring work. I've never been a big fan, but I mean, you can't deny the fact that he's had a, a pretty successful run, and he does find ways, much like Chris Jericho, to reinvent himself and find some degree of relevance. Um, I think I mentioned when we first started talking about it, if he does do a lot in ring, it's going to be probably like uh, like Christian. But involvement outside of that, I don't know. I mean, he's he seems like one of those uh, idea guys where he's able to go, what if we did this, and it'll it kind of catches fire. So who knows? I mean, I think his time in the E, the last little stint, was at the wrong time. I mean, I think he kind of came in at the time where they were like, all right, we're over this shit. Right. And then he was there the whole Vince thing, so it was kind of like, Last hired, first fired type thing, you know? Right, right. Um, but I agree with you, like, his, his his backstage, you know, hey, you could use, I mean, you can never have enough ideas, mm-hmm. you know? I think the problem that other things have had over the years is when you narrow those ideas to a few people, 
is when shit gets stale. Um, his in-ring work, I've never been a fan of him. My favorite whole Jeff Jarrett thing of ever was when Vince McMahon stood in the safe. I'm going to spell your name. F-I-R-E-D. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it's an opportunity. It, it definitely it definitely for the moment silences those that question whether or not Tony Khan's trying to grow it. Well, I mean, you're not going to silence people because the fact is you're going to have the Tony haters and the Tony lovers. There's going to be those people that no matter what Tony Khan does, he's not going to do it right. He's not going to do enough. He's just a money mark. And then you've got those others that are like Tony Khan could shit the bed and it'd still be the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, and those in between. Yeah. Same thing with the E. You got those that are like, oh my God. I mean, I, I would say you're, you're probably right on that. There's always going to be somebody that's got a, a polarizing view of one way or the other. Um, but I think this does speak to the the criticism, and I don't know if we've said it very often, but I know I've seen it quite a bit, that Tony Khan's not looking for other help. And I think that's not the case. I think he is. I just think that there's times where people feel like it's easier to be the armchair quarterback than to just simply take in what you want to watch and then – the hell with the rest you know i mean i i don't think that aew is all perfect i don't think wwe is even close but i i also don't think that i'm gonna you know lose sleep if if there's omos and braun Strowman on tv versus if there's the bucks versus ftr obviously i want to see a good wrestling match and something that's entertaining i'm not entertained by braun Strowman, so i'll watch ftr you know what i mean so it's i'm i'm grateful still that we're in a time where what we want to watch, there's something to choose. There's something to choose from. Yeah, I mean, like, bringing in people is, you know, that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, now, if you if they cycle people in, cycle people out, you know, hey, bring it in fresh ideas, you know, because, hell, the same way of looking at everything in the best way, you know, so... Um, it's a tough call i mean i i when i think of it i can't look at the the hire itself as a bad one the 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 hire to me is actually makes good sense if you're looking to have somebody that's got seasoned experience you've got somebody that has an understanding from a television perspective maybe not so much but that's just kind of like what, what you and I just said, Rob. I mean, it's just not really for us, not really our thing in the ring. But, hey, he, he got us talking. He got a lot of people talking. Um, from a ratings perspective, uh, I don't know if it was really a success. But that's... Yeah, but weren't they going against the World Series? Uh, you know what? I believe it was at Game 5. Yes, I think they were going up against Game 5. So, in that regard, I don't think it would have mattered if you'd paraded Hulk Hogan out there. Yeah. I mean, Game 5 of the World Series is a pretty big one. So. I mean, I also think that, you know, I think Tony Khan and AEW aren't really thinking, like, who are we going against tonight? Mm-hmm. 
you know, like they're just putting out programming and there's going to be people that look at the numbers and, you know, we've had that talk before of like, it all looks, it all depends on what category you look, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, if you're, if you're AEW, you're going to know you're competing against the world series. The WWE knows it competes against the world series. So you have to be worried because you could lose a major percentage of your audience. Well, credit where it's due, they did 911,000 viewers. That's not horrible, especially when you consider they went up against the World Series. Yeah, and I mean, they only lost, what, maybe 100,000? Uh, yeah, I'd say Roughly, that's Roughly, give or right, take. Right now, their average is probably right around 990, so 80,000. Well, and I'll say this, like, I care, I, I did pay more attention to what was on AEW TV than who the hell was winning in the World Series. Like, it wasn't until a week ago that I was like, who's in the World Series? You know, like, so. Yeah, but uh, you're going to have the the diehard baseball fan that trumps mm-hmm. them being a pro wrestling fan. I mean, if the Nationals had been in the World Series... I'd have been watching. I'd have been watching, too. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it just depends on how big of a baseball fan you are and probably if your team's in it, mm-hmm. in the World Series. You know, to decide against wrestling of any kind if you're that big of a diehard. What would you want to... You know, we've talked about if Jeff Jarrett's a, a solid hire and, and Brian kind of asked the question, how much would be too much to take on or how much should he take on? What would you want to see from Jeff Jarrett in this regard? Do you think he's going to do something specific that will help their numbers or what are you guessing? Who? Jeff Jarrett. For t- uh, no. Who are you talking said to? for TNA. Who? Oh, <laughs> who's the question for? Yeah, either one. We'll start with you, though. Um so what do you, what is it that you would want to see from Jeff Jarrett in AEW? I, I don't need to see him do anything in ring. Okay. I need I need his expertise behind the scenes. Yeah. If he if he could go out there and have the worst program imaginable, but at the at the end of the day, his secondary job nets me five hundred thousand more people. Mm-hmm. It was a smart hire or a million more people. or You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I don't I don't I don't foresee him going for the world title. Now, maybe he does. I don't see him winning, but maybe he gets a shot at Mox. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe this whatever groundwork he's laid as far as the body bags. Maybe maybe it does become entertaining and must watch. Who knows? But I I would value Jeff Jarrett more behind the scenes right now mm-hmm. than I would in front of the camera. I mean, if AEW is getting ready to perhaps go into a house show circuit, if there's somebody that's going to help that, it's going to be a guy like Jeff Jarrett as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and again that. Um, but for me though that's that's what i need right jared is hot and cold Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Again, like the three of us. There's two of you that want nothing to do with them. Right. I'm intrigued at, at least enough to say, well, let's see where the body bags yeah. lie. Well, and we, again, it, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, if you take Cole out of there and uh, that had been Jeff Jarrett, who was Sting, it might have made a little difference. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It might have pulled you in a little bit more, but. I mean, he's so, I mean, I don't really think I've really been into Jeff Jarrett since TNA. King of the Mountain. Yeah. And I, 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 his return, um, I think that was probably like the highlight for me for the last, since the eighties, I did like him in the eighties. When he was, um, oh crap, what was the name of the promotion? Um, USWA? Yeah, but yeah, before the WWE and before the NW, or yeah, before WCW and all that. Mm-hmm. I did like watching them on ESPN, but, uh, you know, not not really after that until the TNA stuff. I remember during the 80s, there was the conversation of, uh, I know this is completely a, on a side note, but during the 80s, I remember there was a conversation of who had the better dropkick, him or uh, Kurt Hennig. Mm. I would say Henning all along. Yeah. Hennig with that standing dropkick, he could get some really good height. Uh, you know, I think that... Actually, uh, again, on a side note, one thing that was cool was I do like the fact that they got his old TNA music. It's recognizable. Any fan that's followed for a period of time that maybe casually watching AEW would pull somebody in and say, hey, check it out. Jarrett's back on TV. For those that, I don't know, maybe there are some Jarrett fans out there. I, we we clearly are a split, <laughs> split opinion, but... You know, it could be. At the same time, I think that, um, you know, Jarrett's uh, cryptic message, I guess, about full body bags was interesting. And we kind of speculated on who could be next if it was Jarrett going after Legends or if it was Jarrett going after Darby and Friends or just some random shit. Who knows? Um, It does seem a little weird to just throw him in with um, Jay Lethal. No, I mean, just let's just keep building the stable that nobody wanted. <laughs> well, yeah, but so what was what was what was the stable and impact with Jay Lethal and wasn't Jared in it? Uh, whew, you're making me bend the brain. Was that Sports Entertainment Extreme that had uh, Russo? That I don't remember. But weren't they in a stable together? I would say yes. I think either that or they were part of the TNA front line back in the day. Like, I don't think there was an actual stable that they were in, unless it was Sports Entertainment Extreme. What What was the one with uh, where Jay was would dress up in the suits, or was he just making fun of Flair? Oh, <laughs> that was back during his Black Machismo run. <laughs> 
and then he did his because uh, he as soon as he stopped doing black machismo with SoCal Val, he uh, he started making fun of Flair when Flair was part of uh, Fortune mm-hmm. or whatever the heck it was called. Yeah, I mean, something tells me there's there's going to be some carryover or something from back then. Uh huh. We just ain't put it together yet. <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't mind there being a, um, you know, a, uh, a kind of a reignite, reigniting of of the feud between Jarrett and Sting. If it's a if it's a short burst, I think it does it does have a possibility to bring in a casual fan. I don't know that it's going to do anything, you know, over the moon, but it could certainly help. I mean, what the hell could it hurt? You give him 10 minutes. Over the moon. 10 minutes? Put it on pay-per-view, give it 15 to 20, and put it in a tag team. You know what I mean? Like, I I couldn't see him doing a whole lot longer on a dynamite. That's 10 minutes too long. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. If he hints or sniffs at any title, that's where I have a problem. Nah, he he won't. They one thing I'll give Tony Khan credit for, at least thus far, he's he seems to have a solid plan as to how his championships are handled. Um, maybe he has a few too many, but he has he at least does have a plan. I don't think so. I mean, if you look at what he's got, I don't think he's got too many titles. I mean, eventually it's going to be two different brands. I mean, it is two different companies, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, like right now, it kind of looks like, shit, there's a belt on everybody. But when you look at it, it's Ring of Honor and in in AEW. And then you got, you still got FTR, who's got belts from other companies, mm-hmm. you know? So those people say it's too many titles. I mean, shit. That ain't enough. I mean, back in WCW, they had how many? Back with NWA, you had tag yeah. team titles, you had U.S. titles, you had U.S. tag titles, you had... <laughs> then damn Midnight Express had to come and get them all and ruin that. Just like those shows. To your point, the 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 building of Ring of Honor right now is, is pretty strong. I feel like we are getting ready to find out that Ring of Honor has a TV deal. Because things are really being amped up. You got Jericho with his feud for the Ring of Honor title. Um, the, the pure title has kind of not done anything. Every they year. haven't really made that a focal point. But they're wanting to focus on the tag titles and they're wanting to focus on the TV title and they're focusing on the heavyweight title. So they've got their hands full. And there's a lot of talent that is involved with both sides of that, that uh, equation. The pure title is like when Moxley had the U.S. title in WWE. You know, like he had it. He didn't defend it. Nobody saw it. But then he comes out one day going, he's the longest running U.S. champ. <laughs> like, huh? I mean, Moriarty, Moriarty, not Moriarty, Jesus. Wheeler Yuta <laughs> defended the title quite a bit. Uh, Garcia, on the other hand, he's only had it for three weeks, four weeks, maybe a month. But it's titles like that, and it's things like that. You can easily do like the swerve they used to. You know, on a house show, not filmed. (laughs) 
or like the day that Kurt Henning held up the tag title because they lost the Intercontinental title. Didn't Flair have to do that with one of the tag titles once they wouldn't let him take the uh, the big gold out there? Yes. Yes, he had the tag belt. Digitized. And seeing that, and then seeing that, with the Lex Luger biography, mm-hmm. and seeing how shitty that that ta- that title that they got for him was, you know, that the last minute they're like, "Oh, we need a belt." Yeah, that was awful. Looked like they hammered it out of tin and glued it. <laughs> yeah, it's like some of these like. You know, you see some of these guys that wrestle and they're like, I just took home the XWCLMNOP heavyweight title. It's like written in Sharpie. <laughs> I don't know. We drew some we drew some pretty cool cardboard titles back in the day. Hey, all I know is when the belts were cardboard, the pressure was off. When the real leather showed up. <laughs> well... That shit got real. <laughs> now, we're, now we're talking dollars and cents, you know. <laughs> and I'll never forget that Mike won it and then took it away. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> I, was I just bought that thing. Oh, there, bitches. Do you think that AEW is ready to do a house show tour, Brian? Is is it? Is it something they could really do and make money with? Well, I mean, there, you must have been able to make money considering that's what everybody did mm-hmm. for so long, right? Yeah. Um, so you must be able to make money. The question is, how much money do you think you need to make for it to be successful? I mean, if you're happy just touring and get whatever... Well, that's you know that's one thing. If mm-hmm. if you're trying to tour and become millionaires, that might be another thing. Right. I mean, they've they've done a, a solid job of building home locations on the East Coast, in the Midwest, and they're they're really doing as much as they can now to get on the West Coast. So pretty soon, it seems like they could be building towards doing house shows of their own. Uh I don't think we would see them do on the the size or the amount of dates that we see with WWE, but I could see them running maybe one or two shows a week in addition to TV as they continue to grow. I mean, I, I personally feel like they don't have the need to do it, mm-hmm. but... Um... Could they be successful at it? Yes, they could be successful at it. I mean, you know, we went to a TNA show, you know, so like I feel like they would be just a just as if not. I mean, they're popular. Everybody will go see them. I mean, there's times that if WWE popped up nearby, we we would still go see it, you know, but. Um, I agree. I mean, I don't think they'll tour on the frequency WWE does, but I also think that's what keeps AEW as a lure is because you, you, what you see on TV is what you see. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's not like, ooh, but. Well, I mean, Eric Bischoff even said that when WCW was doing it, it wasn't making any money. Well, I was just about to, to say that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not even, maybe it's not even important anymore. Maybe the house show model isn't something they need to chase after just because other people did it. Did Did you just say Bischoff said it wasn't important? Was that what I heard? Yeah, he said that. So again, in his in his interview, he said when he when he was talking about WCW when he took over, he was saying that they were bleeding money, and one of the things he did to stop the bleed was stop the house shows. But this is coming from the guy that ran a company that had been around how many years? 40, 40, 50, some craziness like that into the ground within five years. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd go to Bischoff on that. Because at the end of the day, you're still making money or <clears throat> it clearly wouldn't be worth it. But the WWE still does it. And why do they still do it? Because they probably don't put their money guys on it. You might get them once in a while. I mean, that's why you get, you know, their talent roster. That's where you're going to see the guys you don't see on Monday night. You know? And for for how many years do they make, they test out angles on the house shows, you know? Yeah, yeah, again, though, this, that that's very – I'm glad you brought that up because that could very well be one reason that Bischoff didn't last past five. I, I mean, at the end of the day, the lifeblood of wrestling is, is an audience, a live audience. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they used to run house shows all the time and make money. I mean, Lord, look at uh, Memphis, Right. Pretty much a big house show circuit. Well, towards the time that WCW stopped doing house shows in, that would have been late 93, early 94, when Bischoff had taken over, they were doing 100, 200 people in a high school gym. Now, once the NWO, once Hogan and the NWO start then house shows start again and you you and I can we can all remember that when we went to the Patriot Center for the one house show it was it was jam packed and we got a chance to see Sting in a rare moment which was amazing but I don't know I I can say that at the time that they were doing the house show run back in the in the mid 90s versus during the attitude era during the wars uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't advisable to stop it. I think that just cuts off revenue if you're making money, but we'd have to see the books on that. Yeah, but, but I mean, think about it. A house show. So, again, we go from a, a gymnasium, a high school gymnasium. Yep. 70s and 80s house show to a house show that is in an arena that you could run raw or mm-hmm. nitro or whatever out of, and they would be packed. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was losing as much money as he wants to let on. Well, it's also right about the same time he was signing all those people to those asinine contracts. 
Yeah, and we're not talking about when we look at the timeline of that. We're not talking about the outsiders and all that. We're talking about Hall of Hogan's friends bringing in people that people frankly weren't paying to see. Plus, I mean the, time, the nasty house, boys. Yeah, pretty. You know, yeah. I mean, plus at the time I'll, that house show circuit, the, the talent roster in WCW was thin, very very thin. So yeah, maybe at that point you're not making money, but it was uh, he must have he must have felt like he made something because he went back to it. Well, you get you sell your merch. Yeah, you know, I mean, you think about how much merch you sell. They sell at these things because I mean, the three of us, we all usually will buy something mm-hmm. when we go to a live event, regardless. You know, like, we'll all buy something. It could be a T-shirt. It could be a sticker. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, because, you know, we have that thing of, like, we got to we gotta say, we, you know, we were here. Right. Um, and so, and we always joked that, you know, the ring announcer, because remember, we even say it today that, oh, this must be the match that they, they must have just did the merch talk right before this match. <laughs> You know, because they would come out and the match, it always seemed like the match, they were like, oh, well, this is going to kind of suck. So, hey, if you want to go to the merch table, now's a chance to go. (laughs) Did you vote for a Diva dance-off or? (laughs) Can't say I missed those. We didn't vote for shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I mean, you know as big as the Patriot Center is. Yeah. It's arena. And that was that was house shows back in the day. And that was what six thousand seats. Probably somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think WWE house show we went to just re- not? I guess the last house show we went to was at the JPJ. Mm-hmm. And that was half of that arena, and it was still packed. Yep. You know. And so, I mean. I would never say it's it's I would never advise against house shows. I'm like, if you have the ability to do them, even if you don't do them all the time, you know, because like Brian said, it's a chance to get your talent that doesn't normally get a chance to wrestle in front of a crowd. You know, because I mean, you think about when NXT started, you know, they had all they always did their house. They always did the shows right there in Florida. And then they're like, hey. We're going to travel just a few, just a few hours up the road, but we're going to travel a little bit, but not all the time, you know, so it made it even more special. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, y'all went to Richmond when it came because NXT didn't travel at the time, you know, very often. Mia right? Yim just uh, returned to WWE siding with the, the club against uh, Judgment Day. Oh, Dom, tuck, don't tuck your chin there, young man. Jesus, thank God. He just took a Styles class from AJ Styles. And all I could think was while he was getting him ready was, oh, he's going to he's gonna tuck his chin. That's going to suck. It's interesting. You know, looking at what uh, – looking at what um, – AEW is getting ready to unfold with what they're getting ready to kind of try to do. I really do feel like they're they're getting ready to make a move like that. I feel like uh, getting a guy like Jarrett gets the company 
hopefully uh, has somebody in the back there to help organize it and at least maybe start doing uh, co-branded shows. Like if you want, if you want to kind of grow your Ring of Honor brand, maybe you do a, a show here and there in the Baltimore and New York areas, you know, where their crowds are pretty strong and Philly. And then, like I said, maybe one or two shows a week. It doesn't necessarily have to happen right away, but it does feel like they're gearing up for the the, the quote-unquote brand split. Would you really call it a split, though? Well, I guess. I mean, you kind of do, but you kind of don't. It, it's it's He's got Ring of Honor contracts. He's got AEW contracts, and he's made it pretty clear that they are separate so i think he's just been biding his time to get a tv deal i think what we're about to see in 2023 is they're going to get i don't know if they'll get a third hour or an additional hour of of programming or they're going to get just much more invested opportunity with their tv time that they have but i feel like warner warner discovery is a lot happier than people have let on because if you're delivering 900,000 to a million viewers a week, I can't think of a network out there that's going to say, oh, that's horrible. That's not good numbers. Well, I mean, if you've been paying attention to the interviews from anybody from Warner Discovery, mm-hmm. they'll tell you point blank they're happy with it. Yeah. And, I mean, they're talking about giving them additional programming. Um, documentaries. Documentaries, yeah, the whole nine yards. So, maybe we'll get, like, a, what was that diva one that WWE did? Uh, divas. Total Divas, yeah, Jesus. I yeah. think of it. My mind was erased. <laughs> Maybe we'll get something. Maybe we'll get lucky and get something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's there's room. And I think that AEW has proven that they're not just a... In my opinion, they're proving they're not just a fly-by-night. Yes, there's been some challenges. Yes, there's been some issues. But I think they've navigated those waters pretty well. Not necessarily saying that they should claim victory right this moment. But they're moving things in a direction that's pretty positive And... Say what you want about the hire of Jeff Jarrett. I, I just think that getting back into that to close that out is it's just I think it was a smart move. You need somebody with the experience like that. If you didn't bring him in, I mean, I don't know what else he would do outside of cut a promo. But if you didn't do that, you could bring in maybe uh, Jim Cornette. You know what I mean? Someone to give you advice on how to how to get things prepared. As if only we could get Cornette. I mean, I feel like we we joke about Cornette a lot, but I feel like you have to look at that guy and go, no, he could really help AEW's business. Like he could really help them deliver in what they're what they're trying to prove, what they're trying to bring. He could help anybody's business. Well, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Uh, hey, one thing that happened this uh, past weekend, furthering my fandom for Jade Cargill, she said she'd have to choose DC over Marvel. How can you not like that? Well, I mean, again, who, who who's 
whose network are you on? Very true. Very true. Got to be able to read the signs, read the tea leaves. <laughs> just want to say, want to say thank you for Jade Cargo because she is that bitch. Just saying. Was that the next segment, by the way? Because that was that was a terrible segment. No, it was just a note. <laughs> I actually had written it down earlier because I wanted to mention it because it was cool. Yeah, that was that was a bad, bad segment. Uh, I don't think was were we on air last week when uh, Tony Khan, uh, well, what we thought was Tony Khan announced Chris Hero as uh, Jericho's opponent. Uh, I think he did it on text or on Twitter or whatever, right? Yeah. So I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got had. Um, obviously. Chris Hero wasn't on AEW, but it was interesting because the excitement level for it, I think, had uh, motivated Chris Hero as as during that same day, he was tweeting out that he was glad to be back and looking forward to taking more bookings. So hopefully <laughs> it helped him out. <laughs> but so what's been I, I, he had been doing streaming with uh, his fiance, I believe, with uh, Rachel Ellering. And it's interesting because they, they, when they do their streams, it's anything but wrestling. So they'll do video games and all that stuff, but they're basically trying to avoid talking about wrestling. I see. Good for him. So, okay, Jeff Jarrett hired by AEW. Talked about that. Gave Jade Cargill a nice little nod. But how about the return of one Colt Boom Boom Cabana? You hear the excitement? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. You guys are overwhelming me. This is a this is a guy that. Many, 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 many people called, you know, the the bane of CM Punk's existence and that it was all Punk's fault that he wasn't on TV. And yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree that the uh, Baltimore crowd really gave it up for Colt Cabana. You're right on that. But I don't think there was any, even, even a stutter of the needle moving for Colt freaking Cabana to come out there and perform against Chris Jericho. Look, I don't begrudge anybody the ability to make a living, but... Uh, Colt Cabana doesn't uh, doesn't scream big star to me. He never has. It's just not my not my cup of tea, so to speak. Um, and I don't know that this is a petty move by Tony Khan. I just think that Tony Khan probably felt it would get the best crowd reaction for television. I don't think he gave a damn. But that's my opinion. What do you guys think? Was it petty or was it just him trying to gear it towards the right direction for TV? They're in Baltimore. Yeah. That's it. So, if they had been in, oh, I don't know, pick a, pick another spot, Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been Cabana. I mean, it's, it, it's a feel-good for 
you know, somebody needs to feel good, but at the end of the end of the day, they were in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to be somebody that's familiar with the crowd. Rob, what about you? Cole Cabana, does he move the needle for you? Did move it in ratings. I don't like Cole Cabana, so no. I can remember when I would watch Ring of Honor, I would turn it off when Cole Cabana would come on TV. I don't like comedy wrestling. It's just not my thing. Brian Brian always tries to tell me, ah, but it's a good part of the show. And yes, sometimes it is, but I just never got into Colt Cabana and his in-ring, whatever the hell he called his shenanigans. I never thought he was a credible uh, threat for a title match, and I never felt like it made any real sense to have him on TV. I will say that his skits and his segments with the Dark Order were funny. His stuff with BTE with Kenny Omega was funny. But when it comes down to it, he's still a guy that, I don't know. This is going to sound real real cold, but he's still a guy that didn't make it in WWE because he was a, a DJ something something. You know what I mean? Like, it, he was a nobody. And I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't see any kind of addition that he brings to the table. I don't know that I ever will. Uh, so I'm not a fan, but. It's not like I haven't probably haven't enjoyed a Colt Cabana match or two because he is. I think he's talented. It's just he doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys yeah. have it, others don't. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see a boom boom T-shirt surge. You know what I mean? Like it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> I definitely have one or two. Get out! You have Colt Cabana merch. Damn that pro wrestling tease. Uh, I think I have his autograph on my wall downstairs. I just, it came with the pro wrestling tease crate. Yeah, I, I may have his autograph too, if, if it did come. Suckers. Hey, that's okay. Hey, you give me an autograph, it's fine. Guess what Stan's getting for Christmas? Cole Cabana t-shirt, boom, boom t-shirt. Boom, boom. No. No. No, thank you. Too late. No, damn it. No. Extra medium. But that's what I already wear. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> we had uh, on a, on a side note, we we talked about Jade Cargill, you know, showing that she's truly dedicated to uh, DC, but her and Marina Shafir, as it turns out, unfortunately, was not very good. So, oh well, I guess uh, JD from New York may have had a point at least initially. <laughs> well, no, but again, though, this was it, this it, it, the segment wasn't about the match. No, it was about how to get to Nyla. Yeah. I mean, that's why she only came down with one daddy, but apparently the other one waiting in the wings. Uh, what, Kara Hogan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me not go down with Jane. I'll wait in case Nyla tries something. And she still didn't get the belt. I will say that uh, Nyla Rose is perfect for this kind of a, a feud and is hilarious when she gets involved on the mic. 
She's very good at what she does. Okay. <laughs> Don't strain. Don't strain. I'm just saying. I think that she's... I think she's got that certain something, man. She's got something special. You got something special? <laughs> it's something unique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you. Uh, okay, so we had two things that came out of Dynamite that I wanted to point out, and then we'll uh, we'll go to Crown Jewel, and then we'll come back to Rampage and talk about a dream match. Uh, let's see here. First part was what led us to the dream match that we'll talk about later, and that was the triple threat between Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, and Luchasaurus. Honestly, um, I thought this was a decent match. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. I think that... Uh, Luchasaurus had a, a, a great opportunity to show out. He showed that he could. Um, we got a cool moment with uh, him and Jungle Boy doing, I mean, he had like 90 miles an hour as he ran straight into a cross body onto uh, Luchasaurus to put him through a table. But this was a this was a solid triple threat. What did you guys think? <clears throat> action packed. I mean, action moving, but I mean, it's just all right. Yeah, it was all right. Wow. Just all right from both of you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Luchasaurus fan. Shut your mouth. Take that back. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, lose my lose my stuff because he shows up in the ring. I'm not going to be like... Did you just have a seizure on the air? Like, what the hell is that? Well, that's what you do when you see Luchasaurus. I like Luchasaurus, man. Jeez. He's not that good. Wow. No and then. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. No and then. Okay. Well, alrighty then, but this did give us an opportunity to see what the dream match would be. The winner of the triple threat gets a contract that they can choose their dream opponent. And we found out we were going to get on Rampage, Orange Cassidy defending the All-Atlantic Championship against Katsuyori Shibata, who uh, had a a great cameo moment at uh, Forbidden Door. And a guy that many felt would never come back to wrestle comes back on Friday. And uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. Had a great dream match moment there. Ring of Honor TV title was Samoa Joe and Brian Cage. I wanted to identify this because Brian Cage is wrestling on a different level right now. I'm not saying he's better than all sorts of people. What I'm saying is he's proven a point. Don't keep me off television keep booking me because he showed out and he had a great matchup with Samoa Joe. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Oof. All right. <laughs> Rob keep says okay. <laughs> okay. Help me out, Brian. Keep Am I alone on this? He's having amazing matches like with Samoa Joe. Uh... So, I mean, I don't think that he hasn't not been having 
amazing matches. Mm-hmm. I don't um, I don't think that just because lately he's been on TV, like they've been any less. Um, I mean, he's he's fun to watch, especially for a big guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I think he's always had that, always been putting out that type of match. Maybe, maybe you just haven't forgotten because you ain't seen him in forever. But mm-hmm. well, I mean, I think what we're seeing here is that maybe, maybe it truly is a situation when somebody's not on AEW TV that they they truly don't have anything for you creatively and they don't want to waste your TV time, so they wait and then they bring you out and make sure you've got something that's solid and substantial. I mean, I don't know that I would say that. Tony Khan was ignoring Brian Cage, but if he didn't feel like he had something that he could absolutely provide at that time, he doesn't want to waste the TV time and he doesn't want to have somebody just there to be there, which I think is smart. I mean, he doesn't book the 30 people chasing around the 24-7 title kind of thing. It's giving us an opportunity to see good quality segments, and he's choosy about who he puts in his roles. Choosy. Is this like a GIF commercial or something? Hey, choosy wrestling fans choose AEW. Huh? So, I guess to a point, maybe. I can see where you're coming from. However, if you have a talent like Cage, I want to get him on TV mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. Because a guy like Cage, he might be able to help you ratings. Definitely. I mean, he's got a unique look. He has a unique presentation in the ring. Uh, What he does is you don't have a lot of people that can do what he can do. Um, And and that's that's a rarity. So if you have that opportunity, it's I agree. Keep him on TV. Yeah, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Let it beat up like Luchasaurus every week. People love it. Hey, don't beat up Luchasaurus. He's a good guy. Everybody likes Luchasaurus. Well, almost. You know, only you. <laughs> There's only one Luchasaurus fan, and it's Stan Grubb. <laughs> I'm glad you finally admitted it, sir. <laughs> well, I mean, his figure sold out pretty well. Well, you bought half of them. I mean, look, I may have five cases, and everybody might get one for Christmas, but that doesn't mean that I've cornered the market on Luchasaurus. I will burn it. <laughs> oh, my that God. That go down as the shittiest Christmas present. Damn. All right. Well, I guess that handles that. Sorry, Luchasaurus. I'm trying to give you some, some good airplane. <laughs> the, guys are, the guys are shutting it down. I guess we got to move on. Maybe uh, make a deal with somebody else before you start giving it airplay. Now I know that Brian Brian saw you know some highlights. Rob, did you watch Crown Jewel? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. So I figured we'd do a brief overview of it. See if there's anything that stood out to you. Anything that stood out to me. Um, we'll start with you. What 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 stood out? What jumped off the page for you for Crown Jewel this, this time? Me? You I mean, I was. Wow. In- 
I was impressed with, I mean, I don't like Logan Paul at all, but I was impressed with his in-ring, like the things he was doing with the amount of matches he has under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was impressed as hell that WWE finally was like, uh, no, we're not going. You know, uh, maybe we won't go because, uh, yeah, they're bombing over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the fact they took the belts off Alexa, Alexa and Asuka as fast as they did, mm-hmm. that was surprising to me. Still seems that uh, Triple H doesn't quite understand how to make something matter when it comes to factions and feuds like we're still seeing some of the same recipes like right now in the ring on raw is bianca belair alexa and oscar and damage damage control is opposite them and they are facing off right now they're they're talking on the microphone for what seems like forever this has been going on for what since august so three months now put it to bed well i mean my issue is like what's the point Mm-hmm. You know, like what? Like obviously, there was a point with Bianca Belair and Bailey, right? Now, you know, now you have the tag teams going at it. You've got Bailey who couldn't seal the deal and win the belt. You got her girls that lost the belt and got them back. So, I agree, but you know. At least, I mean, you got to say now they're at least getting at least a little bit more airtime than they were before. Mm-hmm. You know, because Alexa's actually there and not, you know, posting on Instagram and stuff going, oh, it'd be nice to be back and working, you know. Now, WWE getting ready for Survivor Series this month. Their Their plan is for war games to happen at Survivor Series this month. Um, we don't know the exact layout, but i am got a feeling it's going to be damage control and Bianca's team. Um, and then on the on the men's side of things, probably the bloodline against a conglomerate of people to take them on. Not sure who that's going to be yet, but I have a feeling they're going to be gearing that up towards whoever Roman's opponent's going to be at the Rumble. Ooh, there's Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They have totally gotten away from the she's the superhero. Thank goodness. They're that going was back to the she's the crazy girl. Yeah, and I think that was a smart move. You, the, the ASH thing was stupid. Everybody said it was stupid. Nobody was like, oh, God, I can't, I can't wait to see it. No, it was but wasn't that her idea. The ASH thing was, uh, I mean, people say it was her idea, but I think it was probably presented to her by like Vince or somebody. And she says, yeah, let's do that. You know, and then she got behind it. Yeah, but I thought she had a similar character. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before the WWE or something. If she did, I haven't seen it, so I would have to look that up, actually. No. I'll look it up. Nikki Cross before WWE. Brian, highs and lows of Crown Jewel. I don't know. Why he's looking up whatever. I don't know. I just saw uh, highlights. I didn't watch this thing. I'm not watching WWE program until March. Or whenever the Rumble is. February. So who do you think is going to be the one to take the belt off Roman? I don't know. I think they're stupid and painted themselves in the corner. So, I don't know if anybody's taking that belt off of them. I was talking to somebody today, and they brought up a, a, a neat angle I hadn't thought of. Sami Zayn. Like... Sami Zayn starts getting the trust of Roman, trust of Roman, and then it turns out that the way they separate the belts again is that Sami and all the stuff that Roman's signing or whatever, he he signs away the universal title to Sami Zayn. Well, I'm sure they'll get it off of him somehow, but I mean, I guess it could be Sami. I mean, I think we talked last week. I think he'll be involved, but I, God, I mean, I guess you could put it on him. Nikki Cross began performing in 2008 under the ring name of Nikki Storm. It was a name given to her by the ring announcer Marty Michaels, inspired by X-Men's character Storm. There you go. Good call, Brian. Don't know how you pulled that, but very good. I think they even talked about that on WWE programming that or somewhere that another character was a comic book character or something. A hero, I guess. Your guess is as good as mine on that one. I, I as soon as I saw the Nikki ASH stuff, I immediately tuned out. Like I was not paying attention to the build, not paying attention to any explanation. Or but did you watch Luchasaurus? What the hell? Hey, 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 hey. You take that back. Luchasaurus is a legend. In your mind. Hey, it's got to happen somewhere. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. Uh, eh, I didn't really see a whole lot of it. I didn't understand why they're going back down the same road again. I don't want to see it. Tired of Bobby Lashley. And... This is what happens when you walk out of the company only to get convinced to come back. Because Brock was in a main event feud. 
That's right. He was he was uh, going through his uh, work with Roman. That's true. Yep. And then Vince left, and Brock said, "Deuces, I'm out." And then they caught him in the parking lot. And said, "No, no, you're in a contract. Come back." And they put him with Bobby Lashley. I had, I honestly, I had never thought that this was some kind of penance for his his actions there. But that does make sense. Although he did get the win against Lashley in a shit way, but he did get it. Yeah, I mean, he clearly had to be somebody Vince wanted mm-hmm. in the main event spot. You know what I'm saying? And then once Vince was gone, Triple H was like, no, I don't think so. Back down the card you go. I feel like Lashley, his best work was as part of the Hurt business. And I feel like Lesnar, that his moment with with um, Roman, where they basically you know drove the tractor down and did the whole thing at SummerSlam, that would have been a cool piece to close his career out on. A cool note. You know what I mean? He he puts the guy over in the end, which is what has been a time honored tradition for as long as we can remember. And and then at the same time, it it's a good way to do business, I think. And I think that would have made the most sense. But instead, it was this, you know, all right, well, let's bring him back and do this again, and then we're gonna do it again, and then we're probably gonna see it again at damn WrestleMania. Like, oh, oh, thank you. I don't. I don't think it's Tom Brock gave it up, do you? I'm not saying forcefully, no, but at the same time, I mean, if he is, if he was to consider hanging him up, that would have been a good way to do it. Okay. I didn't know he was ready to retire, but okay. I mean, if he keeps wrestling on this current schedule, he could probably go for another three years. He wasn't with wrestling for four big events a year. Yeah, he could go longer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, plus the yeah, you're right. Because plus he does the the quick segments on Raw or SmackDown, and you know it gives gives somebody a, a moment with them, and you know that's that's a good point. I don't know that I could argue that. Uh, let's see here. Um, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross's cage match. Yeah. I don't know about you, Rob, but it wasn't all that great. No. I mean, again, you got somebody like Karen Cross who comes back, and then here you go. So, um, meanwhile, you have the waste of space, which is Austin Theory walking down the ring with the Money in the Bank briefcase, which, again, Austin Theory is a waste of space. And yet again, another wrestler with the, oh, I'm so good looking. I'm going to take pictures of myself gimmick because that worked for Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Well, you really don't like that gimmick. (laughs) I think it's stupid. We talked about that's just me. We talked about the tag titles changing hands from uh, Alexa and Asuka over to Damage Control. 
they should have never taken him off of there if they were just going to do it in Saudi. Although the the reason I figure that it happened is just that, so they could make sure something happened in Saudi Arabia. So they could say, oh, you, you mean never know at what's the performance happen. center? Uh, no, they were in Saudi. Unless they dressed up their audience <laughs> in in, in the traditional uh, Arabian garb. I'd read somewhere that with all the stuff going over there, they were going to record a few performance in it. So there was a plan to do that as uh, supposedly Ar- Iran was uh, putting some threats out there that they were going to be doing some bombing. Um, but from from all accounts, they went ahead and went on with it. There was no, I had not seen anything that would say that they weren't going to do it. Um, only if, if they had upped the security issue. Well, I, I mean, I don't see how much uh, I, I, how much you can uh, protect yourself against a missile of some type. So Right. I really don't know how they would have pulled that one off. I'm curious how much longer they have on this contract with Saudi Arabia. Ten years. Ten years? It was a ten-year deal. And they started no, in year four. And then let's not forget that somebody pointed out that they've made more money in so many years of doing Saudi than they have in the entire WrestleMania. Yeah, there was some crazy number floating about. I want to say it was yesterday and this morning. Um, <laughs> something like uh, $800 million. That's that's insanity. I mean, good lord. That's a lot of money. Sure is. Uh, OC and Judgment Day, that match did suck. The tag title match between the Usos and the Brawling Brutes was not very good. Roman Reigns and Logan Paul... Uh, Rob, you said you're not really a fan of Logan Paul. I get it, but I felt like Logan Paul showed out. I mean, he came to play. He had a great match with Roman. Um, and it wasn't uh, one of those deals where somebody kicks out of every five spears and then suddenly the fourth one is what gets it. This was an actual, hey, we're going to we're gonna have this end and end with a statement. Um, there's a little bit of overbooking towards the end as far as Bloodline coming out, and then Jake Paul coming out, but I felt like overall, you know, good, good performance by uh, Logan Paul. Well, I mean, I said it. I mean, I'm not a big Logan Paul fan because, I mean, I see him as celebrity brought in, you know. They're bringing him in for the clicks, and but I have to say that between his first match and his second match, for to go from a a tag team match with The Miz to the main event with Roman Reigns. And, I mean, I'm going to sound like a crowded old man. Is like I'm not a Roman Reigns fan either. But Roman Reigns can perform. And for you to go toe-to-toe with the longest reigning champ they've got in years, you know, it sucks that he tore 
every muscle in his leg. Yeah. Holy crap. MCL, PCL, no, MCL, ACL, and his meniscus. Yeah, that's pretty much everything. So here's a question. Let's say that was, oh, I don't know. Um, John Moxon. And throws a clothesline wrong and knocks a guy silly. Right? Just poops and giggles. Mm-hmm. Right? But who thought it was a great idea for to put that spot in there that he's going to climb up to the top turnbuckle, hold a phone in his hand, and then dive that distance only to tear his ACL, MCL, or what was the third thing you screwed up? Meni- ACL. ACL, MCL, and his meniscus. Yes. But yet, there's no blowback, right? Why is it because it's him or the WWE that there's no blowback? By blowback, do you mean negative reaction, or do you mean yeah from uh, the fans? Yeah, from the fans. I think it caught so many people off guard that it it almost went under the radar. Like people were just like, "Holy crap! I can't believe he did it." So the fact that he did it was you know, more of a oh shit moment than anything else, and the fact that he tore his knee out just happened to come after. I, I would I agree with you though. It did seem like fans really let that one go versus the um wow he does the buckshot lariat better than Paige or CM Punk. I saw that a lot on Twitter. Oh yeah, clearly better than CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, but... I think Punk tore his leg up doing the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, again, DM Punk tore his leg up, come into the ring. Yeah, yeah. To, to say he does it better than Paige just goes to show you the ignorance of the WWE bobblehead. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe you should like go back and look, and some of those buckshot lariats are brutal. But again, because it's Jake Paul and we're just going to find a bright spot. Forgetting the fact that whoever approved that spot where he tore his thing may have really screwed the pooch. Yeah. Just because he tore it and others have come back from that injury doesn't mean he will. Because he doesn't have the ability. Like, he doesn't have the behind him, was what I'm trying to say. No. He doesn't well, have the history or whatever, so it's like, it's like when the NFL player comes out for the first time and then they they tear something or rip something. Like they're never going to be the same again. And that has happened. Like literally, you screw something up, you may never recover. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I mean, the the fan base was touting him the the next great thing after three matches. And yet, we're not going to hold anybody accountable for him like legit getting screwed up over a dumb spot. I mean, even, even though I feel like Drew Carey had a better 
debut that he does, but you know, I'm just kidding. I just love getting the stands. Do you know stands like sitting back with mother? <laughs> Why is it always gotta be about me? <laughs> Why gotta throw it at me? I didn't do it. But yes, uh, you did. I feel like with with uh, Logan Paul, people were looking for something to latch onto. Um, and I did notice in uh, in social media, Twitter, and both both Twitter and Facebook that it was Shane Helms is being touted as responsible for um, training Logan Paul, but also uh, agenting that match. Well, so I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the kids got talent. However, yes. the one that's that when he said, "Hey." When I climb up there, let me get my cell phone and let me film me as I dive through the air and then tear my knee up. Well, I mean, the the spot itself is just, it screams Logan Paul. It's exactly what he would do, right? But at the same time, in doing that, and I don't know if that's something you can really practice with a crash pad. I don't know that I'd recommend it, even if you could. Um, you know, you're you're going to land, and, and you're not watching where you're going to land. You can't move your body. You can't move whatever. You're you're putting it all up to fate, praying to God that you don't get yourself killed in the process. So in the long run, was it a good idea? Probably not. Yeah, it's a great moment on TV. I'm not going to take anything back about that, but... It's the reason to question it. Yeah, it's a big reason because you never know. Well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, think about this. If he didn't have the camera, mm-hmm. right? Maybe he's not thinking about what a great shot I'm going to get. Right. As I die the air and maybe he hits it and he doesn't get tore up. And maybe at WrestleMania, your main event is him versus Roman Reigns and Maybe he gets it off Roman. But I think the window for him to come back for WrestleMania is probably closed right now. Yeah, I mean it's it that's gonna be a long recovery. You got too much to too much to go back through. Seems like he's making an appropriate level of money where they're gonna try to bring him back when he's ready. I, I'm sure they will because it's an attraction. It's like a, it kind of reminds me how they treated Brock Lesnar, you know, having him hired full time. I, I completely disagree with the majority of the fans that were saying, hire him now, fire him, make him full time. No, 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 no. This is a guy you put on TV, very similar to Brock four times a year. You get your spotlight moment and you keep it moving. Otherwise people are going to sour on him, and he's not going to, not going to be able to sustain it. No. See, this is different than the other celebrities. Right? Because this guy truly shows some potential. And an interest in doing it. He truly seems like he wants to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, I would put him on a regular schedule if that's what he wants. I might would even bring his brother along for the ride. But, I mean, you really have to just sometimes tell this guy, no, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. And literally, Shane Helms, if he was the agent of this, should be taken out back and tarred and feathered. 
because he may have just very well cost the WWE their biggest star for the future. Wow. That's a pretty good, uh, interesting vote of uh, confidence in his ability. Well, look, I mean, he's good, right? We can all admit that. Yes, he is good. Right? Uh, this is three matches in, and he's hanging with Rob. But again, because we allow him to do to dictate to us, he may have cost us something in, down the line. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that goes back to what I, we've talked about before. It's like there's always that need to knock it out of the park when like we like you were saying Brian like was the match good did the match need that spot to be good you know like did it need that that last little bit and it didn't in my opinion and like you said if he wasn't trying to do his tie in his social media Mm-hmm. prowess and all that and 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 just do the move who knows but in somebody in a second match does he need to be jumping out on you know he's not Shane McMahon with crash pads hmm. you know when I when I envisioned us talking about this I did not think we would have this this kind of conversation about Logan Paul <laughs> but I mean, I can I can see your point. It's it's one of those things where do I feel like the match needed to have that to happen? No, it did not. The match itself was good. I mean, it was very good. And to Brian's point, Logan Paul did more than hang with Roman. He he shined. He did really well. And to do that kind of a moment, yeah. I mean, I stand by what I said. It does it does follow with his character, but it's one of those situations where, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how old Logan Paul is, but I don't care if you're 20 or 30. It doesn't matter. You tear your knee up in that many spots. You guys, you guys made the point. I think the the best way to close out this segment is to say that that's that's a long recovery, and he may he may never be the same for that. So it could very well be a blown opportunity there. Yeah, and again, it was. I'm okay with the spot. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with the phone. Yeah, I don't know if it was a phone or a GoPro, but either way, it was. It's it's what caused him to not know where he was going to land. Yeah, I, I mean that's what I think uh, because he was holding the phone. It's a perfect um, shot. That's what happened. So before we get to uh, Friday Night Rampage, Nick Aldis officially giving his notice to NWA. Um, And this one just keeps unfolding into a deeper, deeper issue. Apparently, there's some some strife between Billy Corrigan and not just Aldis and Mickey James, but also a lot of women on the roster. As Billy Corrigan has been heard on record saying he doesn't know if women can carry a main event. Just shut up. Yeah. What 
what is going through your head to say that? I mean, you've already lost key talents over the course of, what, since 19 when Power debuted. You can't afford many more missteps, and it's not the, not to say that NWA is awful. It's not awful. But you've lost so many talents at this point. Whether or not I'm a fan of Nick Aldis is beside the point, because frankly, if you start alienating more and more talents, your company is going to be a, a cast of one, and that's going to be just you. A cast of one. He could be like, uh, who who wrestled the Invisible Man in New Japan? Was it Kenny Omega? Mm. Uh, that I don't remember. I know he wrestled a blow-up doll and a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> and a broom. And a broom. No, that was Flair. Flair wrestled a broom? Well, I think... I, I, think thought, he, I, I thought Kenny Omega wrestled a mop. I think Flair might have wrestled a broom to show he could do it or something. <laughs> I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. I'm just... I'm, I'm just he really did it? <laughs> Probably do anything for a buck. Oof. Ouch. What, have you tried Blue Wings yet? I think this was like televised too or something. I'm looking this up right now. I've got to know. Did Ric Flair... Well, yes, he did. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's... Long-awaited Flair vs. Broomstick match fails to live up the hype. From Kayfabe News on September 22nd, 2012. <laughs> Thank you, Kayfabe News. <laughs> Damn it. I can partially blame Brian for making me look that up. Oh, and while we're on the subject of blaming Brian, I have a bone to pick with you, sir. Who, hey, Rob? No, no, no. Blaming you, sir. You, you, you. Brian Taylor yourself. You put in the C2C chat today some horrible news from Adam Adam uh, Pierce. What do you have to say for yourself, sir? No, what do you have to say for yourself? Here I am. It's, it's 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, waiting on a phone call. Trying to get some sales going. And I see this in the C2C chat. Brian goes, man, that's awful news by Adam Pierce. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that sucks. I like Adam Pierce. I click on the video. And at the beginning, it's Adam Pierce uh, just being very humble and making sure that we know that it's important to him that he addresses that he would never. And then we get Rick Ross. Yeah. I mean, I normally don't delve too far into shenanigans like that, but... Your middle name is shenanigans. Huh? Your middle name is shenanigans. Well, that's true, but... (laughs) I thought y'all would enjoy that. (laughs) I just love the fact you got him. I can't believe I fell for it. I'm like, oh, damn, what happened to Adam Pierce? Oh, no. Son of a son of a gun. <laughs> son of a gun. 
Uh, right now on Monday Night Raw, The Miz and Johnny Gargano. Another feud that I don't want to see. <laughs> at all. Ooh. I think they're trying, to, they're trying to think of up a way to introduce Johnny Gargano without him having to go. Or maybe they're setting this up to be Gargano versus Champa. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with Since Gargano Champa and, and Miz were hanging out a few months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Champa, by the way, out of action for recovering from a hip injury. Apparently, had uh, surgery about a week ago. Looking forward to seeing him as uh, soon as possible because a team DIY reunion would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't put them together as a tag team and just let them beat the piss on everyone. And let them go toe-to-toe with the Usos. I bet that match would be great. Because the Usos could come out and say something to the fact of, like, we beat everyone here. Right, There's right. no one else. There's nothing else to do. We're bored. And then the music hits. Yep. You know, and be like, oh, well, you might remember us. <laughs> I mean, but. instead we get... You know, and I like Dexter Loomis, but Dexter Loomis apparently being paid to stalk The Miz because The Miz wants people to think that he's a victim. What the hell storyline is that? That's a Vince McMahon idea if I ever heard it. Jesus. And that's the problem when you still have Vince McMahon little stooges in the company. Oh, I bet you he's on somebody's phone all the time. You know, it's like... Make sure, uh, make sure Paul does this. Okay, all right, Vince. Well, it's like in NASCAR when they suspend the crew chief, but the crew chief is sitting in in the shop in, in Charlotte with all the monitors and everything on FaceTime with the crew chief, the the crew while they're at the track. You know? Yeah, literally doing the same job. <laughs> Just he didn't have to travel. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> He's on the damn radio because of the internet, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah. But I'm hoping that, like, I mean, I think over time you'll see changes. Do I think it's going to be like a, like what I hoped that Triple H would wave his wand and everything would be fine and it'd be like NXT on a main scale? But, you know, you're going to have this, the, the changes and it's just, but I agree. Some of these storylines just make no sense. It's like they keep pushing the Miz into every storyline out there. Like, are they going to, is his next storyline going to be like, he has a nervous breakdown and forgets who he is? But. Does that mean we can forget who he is? You mean the two-time Grand Slam champion? No. Ah, damn it. There you go. Thank you, Michael Cole. So, a Grand Slam champion is what? So, Grand Slam winner now is a person that has held the world title, U.S. title, mm-hmm. intercontinental mm-hmm. title, tag titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or sure. you, could inter- you could interchange the world title with the universal title. But once you win it once, though, you're Grand Slam champ, right? Exactly, yeah. And he's done it twice. It's not really a thing as a two-time? Well, I mean... 
I'm, he's been WWE champion twice. He's been tag champion twice. He's been USG. Yeah, I mean, technically it's true. So that's why he claims it. I guess to me, it would just be like you're just upping the stats. I mean, it's a, it's like an achievement you unlock. You're just, it's already unlocked. But Correct. Well, I mean, it's like an EGOT, you know, in the acting world. It's like if you do it again, they don't say you're a two-time EGOT. You're just a GOT. You know, like, and for those who don't know, EGOT is Emmy, yeah, Grammy, Oscar, that? Tony. Huh? <laughs> You're like, EGOT. I'm like, the hell is that? <laughs> it's a, it's an actor or an actress that's won everything. The Grammy, the Tony, the Oscar, and the Academy Award. The Emmy, Oscar, yeah. Let's see, the Emmy is TV. Oscar obviously is movies, Grammy music. What's uh, the Tony? Is that is Tony that Broadway? is Broadway? Oh, okay. Huh. All right, I might be mildly curious as to who might have won that before. I think Jennifer Hudson won it actually recently. Thanks. Not bad for somebody who didn't even make it on America. Didn't win American Idol. <laughs> Yeah, she had a she had a solid little career. I guess that's that's you know she's done pretty good for herself. Little career, she's like a freaking icon. Oh, uh, let's see here. So with Crown Jewel overall, I don't think anybody was really blown away. It had some highlights, had some moments. Omos and Braun Strowman, I saw that because it was quick. It sucked. Um, Bianca Belair retained the title. What the hell did you bring Bailey back for? If you're just gonna ever lose all the damn time. She's not old. She's not looking to retire. There's no need for any of that. You've built damage control. God damn it. Just let her win the title. Quit screwing around. But you just put her back on Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and, and the thing, and then, then they do this stupid, maybe this is Triple H's way of being cute, but now they use a golf cart because, you know, it's cool when wrestling uses golf carts now. Like, it's cool because we use the buckshot lariat. Come on. Guys, there's there's plenty of moves in professional wrestling. There's plenty of uh, gimmicks and spots. Can we maybe not follow the same stupid-ass patterns? Like, give it up. Just do your own thing. Yeah, but everybody rips everybody else off. Yeah, At this you're point, right. It's probably so hard to come up with something original. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're stealing in wrestling, you're stealing twice. It's very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to have war games with a roof on top. We're going to have war games, but it's not going to be war games. It's going to be two rings surrounded by steel, but no roof. <laughs> and probably <laughs> you know, not, not any blood. I mean, what's left? We're going to have two cages with two roofs, two more cages on top of that. A cage off the cage with sharks underneath. <laughs> Not the lasers and the spikes. And the landmine. We're gonna blow. <laughs> we're gonna blow the roof. Well, as long as we don't have the uh, the the exploding death match where they have sparklers going off outside the ring. I think yeah. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> That match was so good going through it, and then we get to the end, you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. 
But you got to give Eddie Kingston credit for selling it to the end, man. Yep, yep. I mean, and honestly, I I can't say I blame them for going forward with that idea. I mean, the the goal was to get Mox and Kingston better defined as a, as friends, and to have Kenny Omega really be a bastard and try to kill somebody, quote unquote. You know, I mean, it it the story it was told, it was just the unfortunate circumstance of oops, we uh. We got the wrong guy doing pyrotechnics. Yeah. Three, two, one. And then there's a guy with sparklers. Gilbert out there with the sparklers. Yeah. That would have been funny. What was it? Wayne's World? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it comes back and Eddie Kingston's in the ring. Oh, ah. So Friday night, they actually seem to take a – take a hint and they moved from the city they had filmed dynamite in and moved to Atlantic city and did a rampage. We had the all Atlantic championship, orange Cassidy defending against Katsuyori Shibata in the main event. We had uh, Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker DMD against Madison rain and sky blue. Uh, and then war Joe against the gates of agony. You know, I really, really enjoyed this episode of Rampage from start to finish. This was a solid, solid episode. Cassidy and Shibata was fun. Um, it was so good to see Shibata back in the ring. I mean, I'd only seen him a limited amount of times, uh, probably from the times we watched uh, New Japan with Bryan's and uh, the, the few times I was able to get New Japan World. But uh, just a great match. And, and this was interesting because... Honestly, I wouldn't have felt bad or been angry if they had decided to put the title on Shibata. Like, I would, that would have been kind of cool. But, I mean, I don't know if they got him how, like, what his contract is. Yeah, whatever. It, what, what is his deal if he has one? Yeah, Yeah. word is he's only here for two two matches. Orange Cassidy and uh, Danielson. Because hmm. he wants he he wants those are his dream matches, right? Or not matches, but the matches he wants right now. Because <laughs> he got so now he's got Orange. Next, of course, will be Danielson. Somewhere down the line. Well, Danielson and Shibata will be great. There's no question about it. Um, I I can't wait to see that happen. Why did they have Mike Tyson do commentary for this matchup? Can somebody please explain to me why that was the case? I don't understand why you have Mike Tyson do uh, commentary on anything. <laughs> be serious, Rob. <laughs> I know. And, and just to confirm, I will not ever do this impression in front of him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Iron Mike, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on TV and having a great show. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks for being quiet for the last two hours waiting for this one joke. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would imagine they brought him on because they brought him on in the past and. Mm-hmm. Lately, they have been bringing out. Yeah. 
Well, they've been they've been uh, aligned properly with with stars in each area. I mean, they had uh, Rick Ross there recently, so the amount of people that they are appealing to now, they're trying to broaden that out. Lamar Jackson was in the audience. Jeff Jarrett talking trash to him, you know, during Dynamite. So, I mean, we had we have the 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 right elements of celebrity and wrestling mix mixing together here in AEW right now. I'll give you that. I, 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 they're actually, I guess Lamar during a press conference after practice, he was asked about it. Um, you know, getting called down or whatever. And he was kind of laughing. He was like, I didn't know they were going to do that. And, um, it's kind of funny because normally you don't, you don't see the, the recipient of one of those, you don't hear them talk about it, but he actually did during a press conference. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, of athletes that have turned WWE or wrestling stars in general. I mean, it's not, wouldn't be the first person to come from, from football to do it. Hell, Ernie Ladd did it. William Perry did it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I'm not saying he's going to, do that. I'm just saying that he talked about it in the actual press conference. Yeah. So again, so now if you have a somebody that wasn't, you know, hasn't watched wrestling in say ten years, but is a Baltimore Ravens fan, watches the press conference, he may check out AEW, just figure out what Lamar was talking about. Mm-hmm. So Let's see here. Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker against Sky Blue and Madison Rain. I, I say it every time Madison Rain is on TV. It feels more like she's been hired as on-air talent <laughs> and less like she's a coach. Um, Sky Blue did have a fair a fair showing there. It seems like uh, she's improving, so maybe maybe that's the goal. She's giving them real life application of what they're what they're trying to do. I mean, why can't it? Why can't a coach be out there and help a pupil in a tag match? Coaches coach, students do their student thing. Yeah. You I never mean, really play sports, did you? <laughs> what? You what didn't did really you? do sports, did you? I did a few. All as a kid. I mean, if Hater's pants get any smaller, she'll be wearing a thong, so. Is that a complaint? No. (laughs) At least he's honest. No, 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 it's not. (laughs) Oh, now the Miz comes out with the corner wrench thing. Oh, now he's trying to make the ref believe that that Dexter Loomis is under the ring. That's lame. Ugh. Oh, here comes the foreign object from the... Oh, yeah. That's dumb. Uh, Okay. Closing out Rampage. Warjo and the Gates of Agony. I really, really like this match. I like the Gates of Agony. If there's going to be a team that takes the titles off FPR, I think I said it when they wrestled the last time, it's got to be Gates of Agony. 
they've got such a big, big future. Um, it was a great main event for Rampage. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, but I'm they need to start letting them win. Yes. Like, I like them too, but, I mean, it's time they started to get on a win streak. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Start, start creating the opportunity to that they'll get a title shot at FTR. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it need it, they got to get them, put the streak together, get the build going because you're going to get to final battle here in in another month. And I, to me, it just makes sense for them to get the title shot. But you've got a limited amount of time to get them up to up to par. Yeah. It, I mean, I like them too. I like the whole. I like that faction better than the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it would just be nice if they eat down a win every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do on dark and elevation. I don't know. I mean, you've got to find a way to make everything matter if if they go through like a yeah, they could do a mini eliminator tournament you know to get them a title shot or a tag team battle royal even though I think those are the worst <laughs> and I like battle royals yeah but a couple of good victories will put them right there too mm-hmm. especially with their rating system well, it, it appears that they've kind of uh, gotten away from the rankings that they were once using. They haven't updated the rankings on the website since uh, August. Yeah, but I don't think they ever updated that. You got to look at the names when they come out. Mm-hmm. Those are, I guess, normally, they're not too... They're not too crazy. I'll have to take a look at it the next the, the next dynamite and, and see what they're if they're changing it from the week prior because if they're not if they are then okay they got me got me I I guess I figured it out but if they don't then why why come up with it in the first place if you're not going to keep it up. Stop being a negative names. Oh yeah. Well, you're a sensitive Sally. It's new. It's different. You know. Mm, no, I don't want to. Can't make me. That's uh, that's the week that was. We've covered the news. We've covered uh, Rampage. We've covered Nick Aldis. Didn't you want to talk about old Natty? Yes. Yes, I did. This past Friday, thank you very much, Shayna Baszler and Natty Nightheart had a very brief exchange in the ring, a very quick submission victory for Shayna. However, in the process of this matchup, holy shiznit. Uh, Shayna delivers the knee strike that she does so well and just dislocates and smashes Natty Nightheart's knee. 
Then, not knee, nose. Then, while doing I was going to say, that wasn't her knee that was all busted up. <laughs> then, while that's bleeding all over the place, puts her in that, uh, that sleeper hole that she does, and blood is just everywhere. This is a legitimate injury. She actually had surgery today to get it reset. Um, one of those moments where if they do something with Shayna from here, cool. Otherwise, you've just, you know, given us a five-minute segment for no reason. And it was a brutal shot to the face. And yet again, no outcry. No, stop, Shayna. I mean, Shayna's the theory of the night. I've never liked Shayna, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going to sit here and go, oh my God, Moxley, one of the ones, the best in the business today. Mm -hmm. You know? Come on. Shayna? Shayna has one fan. And that's Keanu. And she literally destroyed her nose. Yeah, I mean, it was... It reminded me a lot of how... uh... Seth Rollins smashed into uh, Cena's face. Like, that was just nasty. And, I mean, hey, credit to uh, Natty for being able to keep going to finish out the match. Because that just, oh. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't have to do much. Just lay there and get choked out. But, damn it. <laughs> blood in her hair. Blood all. I mean, and the mat was pretty nasty, too. I'm shocked you didn't pass out. I watched it on replay. I, I, I paused it and went slow-mo so I could, you know, skip certain. Yeah, 10 hours ago on Twitter, <laughs> she said, we moved my dislocated nose back to the center of my face where it belongs. Damn. I, I love the shape of my nose and it will stay the same. Thank goodness. Can finally breathe again. Pain is beauty. And... Before that was, I knew Shayna wanted her big break in WWE. I didn't know it would be my nose. Boo. (laughs) Just boo. Stop it. Oh, you have to do that because your wife's outside listening to you. I love the shape of my face and my nose. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, where's the where's the outcry for Natty? Shane is a dangerous worker. Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, you should be fired for injuring people. We did it for Naya. Shayna should be fired. Sent we back to the performance center to you're learn right her craft. We 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 begged and pleaded. We said, uh, hey, you know, so-and-so's got to go. That's true. Get him out of here. Get out of here. Come on. You can't stay serious, Stan. I'm always serious. Oh, so my, uh... Owen Hart figure should be shipping. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Now, did you? which one did you get? Was it the King of Hearts one or the Stampede one? Like, which one did they send you? Uh, it should be the, uh, what's the, 
off shot uh, the blue label. Oh, okay. AW, the luminaries. Nice. I think he's in the black. Oh, okay. That's the King of Hearts exclusive. Yeah. Very cool. That comes with the Stampede title, the North American title. Comes with uh, a ring jacket. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Very nice. I finally found Thunder Rosa. So I picked up Thunder Rosa the other day, um, and it's official. Target in my neighborhood absolutely sucks because you have to sell one figure to replenish a different figure. So as soon as I bought Thunder Rosa, I go back a couple days later, and then suddenly there's another Thunder Rosa out there. <laughs> I mean, they're stocked with Santana and Ortiz. So. Oh, God. Every single time. Two Santanas and two Ortizes in the same row. Yeah. I mean, something tells me, like, the, the region we're in, mm -hmm. the person that's buying them must not know what they're doing. It's got to be because I, like that because they just don't seem to care. Mm -mm. I haven't seen a new AEW figure in months. Yeah, this the newest one I'd seen was the Sammy Guevara Target exclusive. Yeah, and, yeah, that's and who showed you that one? Uh, you or Brian? Wasn't me, it was Brian. I haven't been in Target in probably three months, four months. Uh, well, I, I will tell you back. I did get the CM Punk Walmart, the Adam Page, but other than that, I haven't seen anything. Last Adam Page I saw at Walmart was the one in him, him in like shirt and pants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the Walmart exclusive. Hmm. How many MJF exclusives do they have? How many MJF exclusives? Uh, well, yeah, the one in like one at the. Numbered oh, one. Chase. Yeah, there is. Let's see here. The first uh, release of Unrivaled. Second. I'm scrolling through right now just to kind of look. So Unrivaled three was MJF, and he had a Chase figure that had the uh, the scarf. Um, because I saw a different scarf that had like designs on it, and I was like. Uh, I've never even seen him wear that scarf. Mm -hmm. So MJF AEW figures probably would be good if I spelled AEW properly. How the hell? All right, so unmatched. There's one with the uh, scarf and headband. That's a chase. Um. Unrivaled Series 5 has the other Chase. So, right now, there's two Chase figures for MJF. Would this... Um, so, there's one. Series is this one. Series, I have Series 2. Mm -hmm. 
the Series 5, what's that scarf look like? Uh, let's take a look. That is... Where is it? I just saw it. Okay, so this one has... It says mid-scarf or something like that. It says MJF. I can't... I don't know. It's it's got something written on the scarf, the chase from uh, series two, and then this one is oh, so it was series two that MJF was in for the chase. Um, this is not a chase. One of three thousand with a different scarf. Yeah, the one of three thousand is chase at series two. Wow. So there's two different chases from series two. Damn. Okay. Huh. Uh, um, then for oh, Unmatched no... Series 2, there's one where he has a headband and a scarf. Yeah, so the Unmatched Series 2 is what I'm looking at now. Okay. That's one of 3,000. He's got like five figures out already. <laughs> Damn. Good for him. Interesting. Marvel Snap just started a new uh, season. As a matter of fact, like it literally just dropped two minutes ago. Who's in this one? Uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. The theme is Wakanda Forever. <laughs> it resets your. It doesn't reset your collection level, but it resets the. Um, Season pass season. And, the, yeah. and the token thingy, the Warriors Wakanda thing. So there's a there's a a new Black Panther variant, a new Okoye variant, a new Nakia variant, two nameplates, one for Black Panther, and one for looks like Okoye. Pretty decent actually. Hmm. I didn't like the symbiote event. I mean, it was it was okay, but I didn't really get anything cool out of it. Well, yeah, but other than the varying card, I don't think it is. Yeah. I did get to pool number three. So once you get past uh, collection level 474, mm-hmm. it opens up the third level of cards. Now with this new season update, uh, there's a pool four that's supposed to come out next month. What do you mean a pool? So the cards you can collect. Right now there's three different pools. There's the starter pool when you first start out. Then mm-hmm. once you get to, I think it's past level 18, you're in pool mm-hmm. two. You get majority of your collection. And then once you start ranking up higher into the 400s and above, you're in pool three where you get like Adam Warlock, Thanos, Daredevil, just to name a few. I got three of those. Well, I may have a Thanos already. Oh, don't want to get in trouble. Up, up, up. We're going to get a strike. We're going to get a strike. Let's see. Where's it at? 
No, I guess I don't. Thought I may have had one. Thanos. Maybe I've seen them. Maybe that's what it was. I I do really like how um how it plays on the computer. I hope that they update it with the uh, um with all of the different uh, accessible features. Because like right now mm -hmm. you can't do the um the events the like the symbiote event and now the Wakanda event. You can't do it on the PC version. I wonder why. No idea. Uh, oh, uh, before we go, I know we're up against it, but before we go, news broke shortly before we went on the air today that uh, AEW's Fight Forever will be coming out day one on Xbox Game Pass. That, uh, you know, I, the more I think about it, I mean, I'm excited about it because it, if they don't do like a pre-order exclusive, then we just saved a crap ton of money on what could be a really amazing game, which is awesome. And Xbox Games Pass gets to a shit ton of people. So if you're looking to get a good wrestling game in the hands of a lot of people really fast, this is smart. Can't really argue with the logic behind it. I had questions before about whether or not it would hurt sales, but I don't know. I, the more I think about it, it just it makes sense. It's not going to hurt sales. Yeah. Again, Game Pass is or Xbox has been dropping day one mm -hmm. games on Game Pass for some time. They're dropping, they drop all their first party games almost on Game Pass mm -hmm. for free. I mean, you can still buy them, but they're dropping for free on Game Pass. So, like next year, two of the biggest ones are coming to Game Pass for free. Uh, Redfall and uh, Starfield. I do look forward to playing Starfield. The more and more gameplay I see of that looks cool, as does Diablo 4. I can't wait to play that. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for Diablo 4. They need to hurry up and drop that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do it for us for the week. Catch up with us on the Twitter bot at uh, C2C Radio Show. Catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C. And catch up with me at Stan Green. Oh, no, no, you got to spell it. Yeah, okay. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L C2C. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's Vlad, Vlad C2C. <laughs> I had to do it Jeff Jarrett style. Have a great week, everybody. We're coming up fast on uh, Full Gear. We'll do our predictions next week. We'll see you next time right here on Corner to Corner. Have a great week, everybody. So glad you all got to spend time with me. Your pleasure, I'm sure. 